All right. So before we get started, as usual, I want to mention a couple of companies that I'm, uh, you know, really, really uh, grateful to be working with. Um, all right. First up, the Onyx Hunt app. All right. Um, the Onyx Hunt app all right, is the world's uh, number one GPS hunting app. And it's that for a reason. You know what I'm saying? With so many great features, um, it's been instrumental in everything that I'm learning um, when it comes to bow hunting, especially when it comes to just scouting land. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with the Onyx app, you're able to e-scout at home, you know, get an idea of, let's say it's a brand new piece of hunting property you've never been to or anything like that. With the Onyx Hunt app, you can scout from the comfort of your own home, e-scout first, and then once you you get out to the property you want to hunt, get uh, get boots on the ground, as they say, you're able to confirm, you know, uh, what you've seen or maybe uh, be able to say, nope, that's not what it looks like um, on the map or, you know, it's not what I imagined and so on. You know, what I'm saying this tree might be a little bit farther away or might be a little bit closer. This hike in might be a lot more treacherous, <laughs> uh, if you will. You know, say um, cool thing about the Onyx Hunt app is it's available for, you know, all mobile devices. Uh, you know, you can use it on Android. You can use it on Apple um, and you can also use it on your laptop. So you go to www.onyxmaps.com and literally anything you do on one format, whether it's on your laptop or your mobile device, it automatically transfers to the other. So if you're out in the woods and you see something you mark it on your phone or your mobile device once you get home and sit down at your laptop your computer it it automatically transfers over so you don't have to like copy stuff and be like oh i dropped a pin here i did that um but a lot of great features um i highly recommend it it's been instrumental in all my scouting all right so either Go ahead to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google Play Store on your Android device or on your computer, visit www.onyxmaps.com. Know where you stand. All right. Now, next up, Norisa Game Calls. Um, I've told you guys before, Mark is like an artist with these custom game calls. Beautiful pieces of, uh, of work that he puts out um for all your your game call needs whether it, they're deer calls crow duck goose uh turkey you name it he makes it um beautiful pieces um work well sound really great i had the pleasure of using um all right from him i use two pot calls and one box call on my turkey hunt this past season um the pot calls one was glass one was slate um all again beautiful works of art i highly recommend you check out his work uh on instagram just you know uh, on instagram his handle is uh at norisa game calls or you want to look a little bit more in depth and see his uh website just visit www.noreastergamecalls.com all right get him in close with nor'easter game calls and last but not least afflictor broadheads some of the toughest some of the toughest broadheads on the planet all right um i used them on my very first turkey hunt last year um successful in in getting my turkey last year not so much this year but uh hey i can't blame the broadhead right um so uh definitely check them out um, really great products, really great stuff, sharp as hell. Um, cut myself uh, once or twice this season. Uh, so check them out, www.afflictorbroadheads.com. All right. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to episode 62 of When the Hunt Calls, the only hunting podcast hosted by a middle-aged black guy from New York City. I am said black guy, your host, Cliff Cadet. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. All right. So uh, here in New York, um, turkey season is coming to a close this Memorial Day weekend. 
Um, so like I've said before, um, turkey season runs from May 1st to May 31st, spring turkey season to be exact. Um, my season ended last weekend and that is what this episode is about. It's just recapping my turkey season. Um, I had a lot, a lot of fun. Um, cause I mean, it's, uh, it was just a huge improvement from what I did last year. Um, I want, I'd like to, I believe so, you know what I'm saying? Cause last year, um, my first Turkey season, I was mentored. I was taken out on the hunt by, you guys know my, my mentor, Anthony. And, um, I only went out one day for the entire season. And on that day I was successful in killing the Turkey, but, um, the only thing I did was shoot the Turkey. Like I didn't know anything. Like I literally just followed Anthony, uh, walked where he walked sat where he told me to sit um you know he did all the calling um and uh when the time came and i had a turkey in my sights all i had to do was draw my bow back take the shot and you know make it which which was really cool you know what i'm saying it, it alleviated any pressure of having to do all those other things all i had to focus on was making the shot um but um this year it was all about me getting out there on my own um i spent the last year collecting <laughs> you could say turkey calls um you know thanks to uh mark over at norisa game calls who i mentioned um before the uh intro you know um i got my hands on a box call which I'm okay with, you know, I'm all right with a box call. Um, and then Mark had sent me a slate call last year. And then this year I got a, like, uh, another slate call, but this one's like pretty thin. And then, um, another pot call with a glass surface, which I had never seen before. Um, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know that, uh, pot calls with, uh, glass surfaces existed. I thought they were all slate. But um, it came in handy on the uh, windy days because um, uh, I learned that the sound produced by a glass surface pot call um, helps, I guess, the tones or the frequency that it puts out um, helps kind of, I guess, I might be talking on my ass here, but might helps like cut through the wind or, you know what I'm saying? It travels better through the wind or, you know, whatnot. Like I said, it's what I've been told. It's, I guess, how I understand it. Um, hey, if I'm wrong or I'm not, I'm not communicated in the proper, communicating um, it in the proper way of exactly how a glass surface pot call works in the wind. Hey, let me know. DM me on Instagram at Urban Archery NYC. Or feel free to shoot me an email, urbanarcherynyc at gmail.com. All right. So um, now this season, I got to go out uh, a total of four days, which is a huge step up from last year's one day. All right. So let's touch on day one. Day one had me a little nervous, um, not because I was going out on my own, but quite the opposite. I uh, decided to try try and pay it forward by not necessarily being a mentor. Um, I but I guess for all intents and purposes, I was. But I was really focused on getting a buddy of mine out into the woods because he wanted to go turkey hunting. Um, you guys have heard in the past he he was um a guest on the podcast, uh, Shaq Kennedy. Um. He he's a brother from uh, the Bronx out here in New York City, and he wanted to go turkey hunting. And um, so I took him with me um, and I was just nervous about doing that um, more so because being so new to turkey hunting myself, I was wondering, was I doing Shaq a disservice by it being me taking him out turkey hunting? Um, you know, being so new to this. Um, while there's a lot of cool stuff that I learned, there's probably a hell of a lot more that I haven't learned yet. And I didn't want to mess it up for him. Um, but, uh, 
I've been reassured plenty of times not you know just share what you do know be honest keep it a buck with him keep it 100 um keep it real you know what i'm saying let him know what you know um and for every i guess piece of information i share help him try to understand it and go from there so um i took shack out uh, we met up early in the morning you know zero dark 30 at a uh, local 7-eleven then we went to this piece of uh new york city dep property um what we did was based off what i was taught by anthony is that the not the trick but the best place to set up because one of the things is that being living down here in the city um it's not feasible unless i'm off from work it's not really feasible for me to go up to this hunting property which is about an hour away but during like rush hour which is about time you know the birds would be heading to roost um it probably take me about an hour and a half two hours to get to this property when it normally takes takes me like an hour to get there so i'm heading to this property with shack without having roosted any birds so based off what based off what i had learned is turkeys like to be in somewhat you know open spaces um so the best thing for me to have done in terms of setting up is to get to a somewhat open space um where you know turkeys would possibly you know walk through um and uh and set up you know 20 30 yards off of that but to make sure that i had plenty of cover either around me or behind me to break up my silhouette to break up my body's outline um and that's exactly what i did with shack now prior to us going out i was able to purchase a foam hen decoy and shack purchased a jake and hen decoy so together we put out these three decoys out in this uh you know kind of open area then you know which was about 25 yards away from us and behind us we had these huge trees and um some thick thick brush that i believe broke up our silhouette so so that's how that worked out and um i was uh pretty happy with that um mainly because as the sun started going up we heard two gobbles which was the dopest thing ever because it uh, without having roosted any birds i ended up under you know some roosted birds um so about and i'm not and i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna act like i was like right under them so we had two birds i i want to say that like based off of the sound that i was hearing had one turkey to my left that was gobbling that could have been about 50 yards away and then i had another bird to to our right which was the this one was far um i can't even give you you know uh, a guesstimate of just how far um you know that bird was but the cool thing was i had been practicing with my turkey calls i'm not gonna say that you know i'm dope at it or anything like that but i believe i'm proficient enough that based off of the responses i was getting from these turkeys i was i was decent enough to get a response you know what i'm saying so that was pretty cool so for about 45 minutes to an hour Shaq and i sat there and i was just hitting hitting the call getting a response um and uh just having fun with it just having fun uh really trying to understand what i was doing uh how because sometimes like what was weird is like at first i thought you know with with turkey calling like the turkeys gobble like once you're done calling like you you do your sequence or whatever it is uh you know yelps and stuff like that and then the the turkeys gobble back but literally sometimes before i'm even done calling um what do you call it? these turkeys are, are are gobbling back 
So um, so it went on like that for like 45 minutes to an hour. I'd, I'd hit the pot call. Maybe I was a little aggressive, um, you know what I'm saying, because I was really excited about it. Um, And uh, just hit the pot call and uh, listen to the responses. But after about, like I said, 45 minutes to an hour, um, you know, the sound started getting farther and farther away. The one, the one turkey that was to my right, like I said, was a good distance away, stopped gobbling. So I guess he was out of range. And then the one to my left, um, I could hear getting farther and farther away. So uh, Shaq and I stayed in our spot till we basically heard no responses whatsoever. And um, what do you call it? We decided to, after about maybe another 30 minutes of, you know, not hearing anything whatsoever, um, we decided to get up and maybe head towards the direction in which we had uh, heard the gobbles kind of disappear, you know, so... Uh, rather than than carry you know all of our hands and stuff like that, we I dropped a marker. I dropped a pin in Onyx, um, and we buried our our hen our decoys, you know, in some leaves and stuff like that. And like I said, dropped the pin so that way we could come back and find it later. So we we went off hiking um, for a good amount of time in in search of you know those turkeys, but heard nothing nothing whatsoever so it's kind of a it was kind of disappointing um you know we lost them and whatnot but um but still fun nonetheless to have you know to have heard turkeys that early in the morning um you know anthony's information you know the stuff he had taught me came came in handy because ended up some under some roosted birds um while we were hiking um we ran into two other hunters that um uh what do you call it? i'm familiar with through social media and it was kind of cool running into them it was uh randy kirk and his brother-in-law chris beltran uh those guys uh, are really cool um you know met them uh, through instagram and it was dope to kind of run into them and you know chop it up with them uh they were on a bit the other side of the property we were hunting um so we were you know chopping it up with them trying to figure out you know what was going on where these turkeys went um what they were doing where they were moving to and so on um so they were able to confirm for us i i believe that the the bird i told you guys that me and shack were under two birds one that was about 50 yards to our left so that bird that was to our left and that was roosted, I believe when he flew down, he flew out towards Randy and, excuse me, Randy and Chris's position. And Randy and Chris um, saw a couple of birds themselves. So, but they weren't able to get them in. Um, so with that being said, you know, knowing that none of the birds were around, I grabbed Shaq and we went ahead to another piece of property. Now, um, that second piece of property um, is Turkey Mountain. Um, Turkey Mountain is going to come up again, um, you know, later on when I tell you guys about uh, day two and day three and four, for that matter. Um, but uh, fun fact, Turkey Mountain is actually where I shot my first turkey last year. So um, we went to Shaq and I got into our cars and we drove over to Turkey Mountain. The thing about Turkey Mountain is, is it is, it really is a mountain and it is crazy steep. Um, like you literally, um, climb, um, what do you, what do you call it? Like a couple of hundred yards. I want to say, if not like a hundred yards, um, up a steep hill, it plateau. It's like, there's three levels to it. Um, the third level being the peak of this, you climb like uh, the length of a football field, if not, long, long, if not longer, and then it plateaus um, and then climb up another 100, 100 200 yards. Uh, then you have a second plateau. Then you climb up another 100 some odd yards and then you've reached the peak. Um, so that's what Shaq and I did. Um, we uh went up there with hopes of maybe because when when i hunted with anthony last year 
we had bounced around to like so many different properties looking for birds. It wasn't until that fourth property on Turkey Mountain that we heard some gobbles. And so I had hoped to kind of recreate that experience for Shaq. But we got up there and unfortunately, no birds, nothing. So um, what we did was we stayed up there for about an hour and change, um, just hitting the calls, uh, hoping we get some gobbles and we didn't. So um, we uh, came back down, went back to the original DEP property that we were hunting that morning and um, still no gobbles, um, you know what I'm saying? So in a nutshell, um, I was kind of disappointed because I had... because. To begin with, I was kind of nervous because, like I said, I was trying not to mess up this experience for Shaq. I was trying to give him the same experience that I had gotten with Anthony the year before. Um, but, um, you know, Shaq made me feel, I guess, good about the experience that day, about uh, my first time mentoring. Um, and he didn't do it in... Uh, in the sense where he was trying to make me feel good about myself. Um, we just were talking and he was not disappointed in not having shot a turkey. He was actually so stoked because he had never heard a turkey gobble before, um, which is just like me last year at that time. I'd never heard a turkey gobble. You know what I'm saying? I had no clue what that sound was like. So I was really happy that Shaq enjoyed the day enjoyed being out in the woods and had the opportunity to hear turkeys gobble. All right, so now let's talk about day two. All right, so day two was uh, pretty dope. Um, second day out turkey hunting um, and what made it dope was a couple of reasons. One, I got to partner up with Anthony, um, my mentor again, um, you know what I'm saying? And this time we partnered up because the NWTF had reached out to me, um, you know, a couple months back. Um, NWTF standing for National Wild Turkey Federation. Um, they reached out a couple of months back and they wanted to do an article on me. Um, and I'd be wrong if I didn't mention, you know, Anthony in my personal story, in my, in my story about my journey um, when it came to turkey hunting. So... They came out to uh, photograph us and interview us for a story that they're doing. Um, so so my second day out hunting linked up with Anthony um, and a photographer, um, you know, representing the NWTF. Um, the cool thing was the photographer was a hunter himself. So it him his presence there for our hunt that day didn't really impede us in any way when it came to getting out there to hunt. So, um, you know, so that morning, um, Anthony and I, um, and Rick, who was the photographer, um, we went to that same DEP land that I, uh, that I went to with Shaq just like a week or so before. Um, and, um, you know, in usual fashion, but. Now, I don't even want to say usual fashion because truthfully, with everything Anthony had taught me, um, with everything that I'd learned over the last year, um, I don't feel like um, my turkey hunting with Anthony, I wasn't such a the noob that I was last year. Um, so I felt like I contributed a whole lot more. So um, I helped Anthony set up the decoys on the property we were hunting. Um, I set up the knee blind, um, that we were using, that we were setting up behind, um, and, uh, you know, with Rick off in the distance photographing us, um, Anthony and I, just like the year before, once we were all set up, you know, we, uh, took a seat, said a prayer and just sat and waited. So, um, as we waited, um, we basically or some I, I was about to say we came across some deer as we waited, but we didn't come across the deer. The deer came across us. Um, so. In this experience on day two, something happened that I'd never heard before, 
and that was the deer i guess blowing um like making this the this blowing sound because i guess the deer scented us uh picked up our scent because originally we heard a lot of cracking of twigs um off in the distance and we couldn't see anything so we thought um you know our hunt was getting ruined by some other hunters you know walking through but that wasn't the case um it ended up being um because once we heard the black blowing sound like the <laughs> kind of but really loud i don't know if you guys heard that because i just blew out through my nostrils um heard that really really loud and um what do you call it maybe about 20 30 minutes later these two uh button bucks appeared i thought they were does but um anthony you know took out his binoculars and and looked and saw um he saw like a i guess some antler growth uh very little he was like the, it was probably like a couple of inches and stuff like that so um where we had set up the decoys about you know um 20 25 yards away from us these deer had had walked you know pretty close to them and they were just chilling like they seemed more like they were curious i don't know if they were curious of us because they kept looking in our direction or the decoys like wondering yo like what the hell are those type of deal but um it was really really cool to see um because you know anthony and i just sat there took it all in um and just watch the these deer come in, you know, do deer stuff. You know what I'm saying? Just coming in, and we didn't spook them. You know what I'm saying? They just, it was just really cool to see. Like, so even though Anthony was hitting the calls and we heard no gobbles, um, these deer came in, and it had me kind of asking the question, like, um, can you cover your the sound you make and stuff like that? I don't know, man. Uh, just an idea. Like I said, um, just I guess the idea kind of appealed to me to just use like something like a turkey call to kind of cover um, all the noise that you're making when you're walking in and out of the woods. You know what I'm saying? Just an idea. Don't know if it's something that's been used before, but um, what do you call it? I wouldn't mind giving it a try. So um, from there, like I said, so these deer had come in. Um, they left on their own. Like I said, we didn't spook them or anything like that. And, uh, once Anthony and I realized we weren't make we weren't, uh, getting any kind of responses from Turkey or anything like that. Um, like there were no Turkey within the area. Uh, we, we, um, this time and not Anthony did, like I said, that's what was pretty cool about this, this experience with hunting with Anthony was I felt like I had a lot more to contribute to it this time this time around hunting with him so we decided to go ahead uh pack everything up and start um hoofing it and um so we were walking through the property and uh as we did so um you know we walked a good amount for about maybe 20 30 minutes when we finally heard a gobble um and uh it was only one gobble and it was over this little hill and um we kept trying to creep up on it um and get around to where we were hearing the noises but um we couldn't i mean we were moving as slow as possible as, as you know making our movements um real precise real deliberate um and uh what do you call it to try to get around but as we got around, because um, we were really quiet, as we got around this hill to where we were hearing the gobble, we couldn't see the turkey. Um, and I'm pretty sure this turkey spotted us. We spooked him and then just, he wasn't gobbling at all. So, um, you know, that was a little bit of a disappointment, but you know, still we, we you know, kind of got on a turkey there. Um, after a while on that property, that public property we uh made the decision we went to turkey mountain which is where like i told you before is where i shot my turkey last year and um you know we we headed over there 
we climbed this, <laughs> this huge mountain and we actually ended up setting up about, um, about, I want to say, uh, 40, 50 yards away from where I shot my turkey last year. So we were trying to recreate the magic, if you will. Um, so we get up there. We um, we didn't set up any decoys. We just um, kind of posted up. Um, what do you call it? And uh, just chilled, you know. Anthony hit the call and we heard a bunch of gobbles. A lot of them. Like, I mean, and loud too. So they were close. Um, and just like last year, <clears throat> we were up against a rock wall. Because um, like I said, we were like 50 yards away from where I shot my bird last year. Um, and uh, we're hearing these gobbles and whatnot. And um, using the rock wall as cover again, we saw this bearded hen come in. Now, uh, legally, we could have shot it. You know what I'm saying? But what happened was a good, I want to say 20, 30 yards behind this hen was the biggest tom I've ever seen. This was a huge tom. Um, and uh, the hen was coming in towards us. Like she kept coming in, walking in towards the rock wall. But this tom was following her. But then he stopped and he stopped at this like a uh, blown down tree. So what ended up happening is the hen walked in to us and we gave her a pass. Because like I said, this was a bearded hen and um, we wanted the tom. Like I said, big old tom. Um, now, I got to stop and say that what was pretty cool about this scenario was... Um, it, this wasn't about me. It wasn't about me getting my first turkey, second turkey or whatever. Um, it was about two buddies who were hunting together and whoever had the best shot was going to take it. And I was cool with that. Like I was surprisingly, you know, to myself, cool with that. Um, so um, at that point, the way we were sitting, um, Anthony would have had the best shot if the Tom came in. But as the hen came in towards us, she stopped maybe about five, 10 yards short of the rock wall and turned to her right or left. The Tom wasn't biting. He hung up at the, uh, the blown down tree. And then what he did, which was kind of smart was he stayed, uh, he followed her, but was kind of paralleling her if that even a word was he was walking parallel to her to her movement so she turned right and he turned right as well and it and ended up disappearing behind the blown down tree kind of sucked but it was pretty cool to have laid eyes on these birds um anthony kept hitting the call and the gobbles were still loud um we were trying to um to see if we could get any of them to come in but the thing is that hen was there and um so those birds were following that hen so wherever she was going they were going um we tried to get up without making noise and stuff like that but where we were was um it was like there was so much leaves and twigs on the ground it was like walking on a bag of doritos or something you know what i'm saying so we couldn't really move without making too much noise. I don't believe we were seen, but we would definitely be heard. So um, we did our best, you know what I'm saying? Tried to get up on them and whatnot, but um, we couldn't. And uh, and because, you know, uh, Anthony had a work thing, um, you know what I'm saying? Which uh, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't miss our our hunting day got cut short you know normally you hunt till 12 till 12 noon during the spring turkey season we only hunted to about like 10 10 30 but um all in all a great morning of hunting you know i got to see some deer um got to hear you know one turkey gobble then got to hear another bunch of turkeys gobbling um you know what i'm saying um now 
some important things. Now, that hen was the only hen we saw that day. So uh, after, you know, on our way back the mo- back down the mountain, Anthony and I discussed it. Um, you know, we wanted to both, uh, what happened was we weren't, we hunted on a Thursday, I should say. We hunted on a Thursday morning. Um, we were talking about coming back, but unfortunately I couldn't come back. So the goal was for Anthony to lay off the birds on Friday, not go out, not pressure them or anything like that, and come back out on Saturday. Saturday morning, just maybe an hour or two into his hunt, he he shot a hen, a bearded hen, which uh, we both believe was that hen we saw on Thursday. So now, keeping that in mind, that's what shaped my ideas for what I was going to do for uh, day three and day four. All right, so I'm not going to front. I was a little shook uh, going into day three and day four. Um, that was a uh, Saturday and Sunday of last week. Um, and the reason why I was a bit nervous is because I was going out on my own. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just doing this solo. Uh, no help from anybody else. No one, you know, hanging out with me. Nothing like that. So um, Saturday morning, got up with the intention to head to Turkey Mountain. Um, you know, because... Uh, Turkey Mountain was where I had, you know, shot my turkey last year. It's where we last, um, you know, saw turkeys when I was with Anthony. It's where Anthony shot the hen two days later. So the idea was being that he had shot that hen the weekend before. Um, we had believed since we hadn't seen any other hens, um, you know, that these, uh, what do you call that? I because we hadn't seen any other hens. I had decided I would run and gun, um, believing that maybe my turkey calling would kind of bring the these toms or these jakes in, um, you know, maybe pique their curiosity a little bit and get them coming towards me with hopes of getting a shot on them. So um, I head to Turkey Mountain um, by myself. Um, first mistake, uh, I went to the wrong property. Um, like I was uh, all ready to get there and do my thing and whatnot. And I was in the wrong spot. So I was pissed, a uh, real crappy way to start the morning. Um, but I found my way to, to Turkey mountain. And when I pulled over into the parking area, there was already another hunter there. And, um, that hunter already got his gear on and, um, he was heading into the woods once I got there. So, um, I, uh, but just before this guy went into the woods, I asked him like, you know, it's big woods. So I was asking him where, what general direction he was heading into because I didn't want to mess up, you know, his hunting or anything like that. So, um, you know, we spoke and, and he let me know where he's going to be. And I just didn't, and, you know, surprisingly enough, he wasn't going to where I wanted to hunt. So he went off into the woods. I got my gear on and then I disappeared into the woods myself. Um, I didn't use a decoy uh, this time because, like I said, the idea was to just run and gun. Um, went up to this spot. And um, and again, based off of the knowledge that I had, I ended up under some roosted birds. So um, and it was it was a couple of them. Um which was pretty cool to hear, you know, such a, uh, I mean, a group of gobbles, you know. Um, and so, you know, as sun was coming up, um, you know, chatting it up back and forth with these with these turkeys and whatnot. And um, now where I was at on the property, not too far away was the property line. And it bordered um, some property owned by Con Edison, which is a huge... Uh, uh, what do you call a company out here? I don't know about where you guys are from. And on the property were power lines. Um, so it was like this this open field, you know, kind of. And um, so what was happening was I was chopping it up, to, you know, talking to these turkeys and whatnot. I'd, I'd call, they'd respond. And um, but as I was, you know, sitting in my spot, I watch 
these three turkeys, these three jakes to be exact, because they looked, they looked, um, what do you call it? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They looked small to me. They looked young to me. So, um, I watched these three, uh, these three jakes go past me and I'm hitting the call and they're gobbling back, but they're not stopping, Right. They're just heading towards where these power lines are. And um, I took a mental note of that, uh, mainly because from everything that I had been reading and stuff I had been told was that turkeys like to be in like open areas, open fields and whatnot. So that's what these jakes were doing. They were heading there and um, pretty much, like I said, I'd hit the call. These jakes weren't stopping to come towards me. They were just still you know, walking and heading towards this field, towards these power lines, which I can't go into. So once I knew that they were over there, I got up and walked closer to the property line to see if I could lay eyes on them. And I didn't, but I knew they were in there because they were still in there gobbling, you know what I'm saying? Every time I hit the call, but they just weren't um, coming into me. So now after a while, of hitting the call, the gobbles were getting further and further. So I pulled out my phone and looking at Onyx, I realized on the other side of this uh, private property was more public land that I would have to basically climb down the mountain, get in my car and drive, you know, five, 10 minutes to go around and, and get to this public land. So I was like, you know what? They weren't gobbling anymore. And I felt like maybe that public land, the other side of the private, was where these turkeys were. So um, I did it. I climbed down the mountain, got into my car, and went over to this other side. Um, now, what was pretty cool about that was that turned out to be a piece of public land that I had never been on yet. So um, I went there, drove in, parked in this parking area, and then went climbing up basically the other side of this mountain. Um and uh, got to what I believe to be its peak, you know what I'm saying, um, looking at Onyx and whatnot, and um, start hitting the call, um, but I'm not hearing anything at all, not hearing anything at all, which was kind of disappointing, because I thought I was like, yo, I'm, I'm like, I, I could have swore I'd be cutting these birds off, you know what I'm saying, but I was wrong, so I stayed on that property for about an hour, a little bit over an hour, um, and after that, I just called it and I went back to my car and went back to Turkey Mountain. So now when I arrived back to Turkey Mountain, um, what do you call it? I um, told myself I'm going to, you know, stay here when I get there. So now when I got there and I pulled into the parking spot, that same hunter, his car was still there. So I was like, all right, he's still here. Um, and thank God it's still only him. So I started climbing back up Turkey Mountain and um, once I got to about that second plateau, I told you guys it's like three levels to it. Um, I could see that hunter crossing my path and he was calling, you know, he'd, he'd walk and then he'd call. So I took a knee um, because, you know, I didn't want to mess anything up for him. And I thought he was just passing through. I figured I'd take a knee, let him pass through. And then and then I'd continue on the way I was going back to the top of the mountain. But um, that day was really, really hot. So he actually stopped by this huge rock um, and like took off his hoodie and stuff like that. And he was just resting. So I was like, damn, I'm not, I can't stay here all day. So um, I made some noise, got his attention to let him know, you know, I was coming because last thing I wanted is to you never know uh, to be mistaken for a turkey or anything like that. Not that that should happen or could happen, but hey, you never know. So um, I got his attention and I went over and uh, talked to him. So as we spoke, um, I heard uh, some kind of heartbreaking information. So um, uh, so he had been where he said he was going to be, you know what I'm saying? Um, and he made his way over to just past my original position. So um, as we were talking, like I said, heartbreaking information, like he had asked me where I went. And I explained to him, you know, where I went, the property I went to and stuff like that and how I was coming back. And he was like, damn, brother. He's like, you should have stayed there. And I was like, why? He goes, because I told him about how I saw three Jakes. 
And he let me know that those three Jakes made their way back towards me. So back towards my original position where I was at. I wanted to kick myself after he told me that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I realized that part of this experience for me, part of this learning process was, uh, or what the lesson that I had learned was that I needed to be patient. Um, so... Um, it has sucked to hear that, but um, but it was something I needed to hear, something I needed to learn and whatnot. Um, and so I spent the rest of the morning in my original spot, hanging out. Um, you know, I I heard some gobbles, you know what I'm saying, but nothing came in uh came in close enough for me to to lay eyes on. Um, and basically, <laughs> that was day three. Okay, so here we are, day four. All right, um, lessons have been learned, um, and uh, I'm all the more wiser for it. All right, uh, my goal was to get to Turkey Mountain that morning, bright and early. You know what I'm saying? Beat anybody else there, um, and uh, get up to the top of Turkey Mountain. And uh, this time, I brought my decoy. Um, I would set up and be patient. All right. So, um, so I get to Turkey Mountain, the right place. <laughs> you know, this time I didn't get lost. I was there dumb early. No one else was there. All right. So I get my gear together. Um, I get my headlamp on. I walk about um, fifty yards into into the woods. Um, fifty yards from the road. The, let me put it this way like maybe 20 yards from the road is a creek um i cross the creek just fine get to the other side of the water continue walking um so it was probably actually more than 50 yards uh probably 60 or 75 um and uh all of a sudden pitch black my headlamp went out now my headlamp is one of those it has rechargeable batteries um and my dumbass forgot to charge the thing. I thought I had enough of a charge left in the headlamp that um what do you call it? That uh what do you call I I could make it, you know, to the woods and the through the woods in the dark. But nope. Total darkness. Now, if you know anything about me, you know the words in my head was, "Oh hell no." Nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um I don't know. I'm not scared of the dark, but I'm still not comfortable just yet this early in my journey of hunting, the whole unknown of the woods at night. You know what I'm saying? I didn't grow up in this. You know, like, uh, I don't know my way around the woods. I don't know my way around this property or anything like that. Um, Turkey Mountain is a steep terrain. I was like, Ain't no way in hell. I mean, yeah, I've got a flashlight on my iPhone, but I was like, ain't no way in hell I'm climbing this mountain in the dark like this. With all this gear on my back, my bow in my hand, um, I could easily bust my ass or whatever. So um, I hit my, uh, not the car alarm, but um, what do you call it? The, uh, the lock door button on my uh, car keys so I can get an idea of just how far my car was. You know what I'm saying? Because I've got in my car, I've got the ports to to be able to plug, um, you know, something into charge. Um, so once I got a beat on my car, I turned around um, and I did use the flashlight um, from my iPhone, but I had to hold it kind of hunched over really low to the ground to be able to see um, what was in front of me. Because it was the way the way Turkey Mountain and the terrain is. I don't know how it is in other woods, but there's so much stuff in the ground that whatever is uh, that top layer isn't necessarily solid ground. So like there were a lot of times climbing up and down that mountain that I would step in a pile of leaves or step in the leaves and my foot would go right through it. You know what I'm saying? And then I'd step on a rock or something and roll my ankle a little bit. I didn't want to take that chance. So I walked back to my car uh, safely, I should say, you know. I crossed the water again, made my way to the other side of it, and then got back into my car. I plugged my um, 
my headlamp into I let the car engine uh, run plug my uh, headlamp into charge for about like 20 30 minutes um, but you know what it made no sense after that because once it was charged I got those 20 30 minutes in sun was coming up so I didn't even need my headlamp anymore which kind of sucked but you know all that for nothing you know I got there early for for no reason because I wasn't even able to go into the woods yet so 20 minutes 30 minutes go by I finally get out of my car as I head into the woods I mean I bring my headlamp with me just in case because um I get into kind of like a dark spot where you know the trees are so high up they're blocking any light coming into the woods that I would need uh some help you know uh some help being able to see so um I head into the woods now uh this time I should have, well I like I said before I had my decoy with me had everything with me I climb Turkey Mountain. I get to the top. Um, I'm right around where I was yesterday, but this time I'm more in a corner of the more like the corner, the upper right hand corner of this property. So where ahead of me is the power lines that I was hunting the day before, but then to the right of me were was uh some residential property which was it was like some huge like it was a good couple of acres of this residential property where these these open fields so i had anticipated that if these turkeys um so the the idea i had in my head is that the birds roost in the woods and these trees here in the woods they come down in the morning and then they make their way either towards the power lines or this residential property so that was the idea in my head um, and so I set up my decoy kind of in the path of where I thought they would be going. Um, so, and it was just the one hen decoy. I set it up. Um, there was this huge rock formation. So I set the decoy up about a little less than 30 yards from this rock formation on this rock was, uh, you know, well, not on the rock, but like there were trees, there was brush. So, um, one of the reasons why I chose to sit like posted up to this rock formation was it gave me cover um you know to break up my silhouette and um what do you call it a good uh seated position for me to be able to kind of sit up and take a shot at uh take a shot at a turkey if i get lucky so i started hitting the calls boom gobbles right off the bat um i was psyched i was really excited um i'm hitting the call hitting the call hitting the call um and I hear these gobbles and whatnot, but I can't, I don't see anything yet. And they're pretty close. The, the, from the sound of the gobbles I'm getting, they're pretty close. So I'm hitting the calls. This is going on for like 30, 45 minutes. When out the, cover, out the corner of my eye, my left eye, I could see a turkey fan. So I slowly turn my head, look left. And there's this, uh, there's this Tom. And... I believe, and again, this is only theory. I I could be talking out my ass. I could just be talking shit. That from the distance that this Tom was at, he could see my hen decoy, and he was kept throwing up his fan. Like I, I guess the only way I could describe it, and again, I'm new to this, so I don't understand. I don't totally know what the the I guess procedure is or how a tom responds to a hen and so on but what this tom was doing was his 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 tail feathers would um be down i guess uh towards the ground and then he'd turn around and i'd hit the call and he turned and kind of like facing my decoy which is why i thought he saw it he'd then raise his tail feathers and fan him out so it was like oh this dude he sees my decoy he's gonna come in but he would not come in like and he was like he was way off like I wouldn't there was no way that I could get a shot off comfortably at that distance and guarantee that I was going to hit the bird you know what I'm saying so I didn't even bother trying but then um he just stayed there you know what I'm saying and I'm hitting the call he's gobbling back and there's this other turkey that's gobbling too I can't see him though so it's one of those things where I don't know if he, that turkey's got eyes on me, even though I can't see him. But I can see this Tom that's to my left. 
and he's not moving like he's maybe walking around in these little circles uh off to my left like whatever like 40 50 yards away um now something happened that i keep playing over and over in my head and wondering if i shouldn't have gotten up and made a move what happened was this tom turned his back to me right um and he did it as his tail feathers was fa- uh, was fanned out so basically i was looking at this tom's ass you know what i'm saying so part of me was like yo get up and get in closer like kind of chase him get you know maybe the element of surprise and get the shot off because i had an arrow knock like the the entire time i should like every time that once i chose a spot and i sat down i should mention i had an arrow knocked you know what i'm saying so i had an arrow knocked my bow is right there next to me i've got my my hand you know on the riser uh I, you know gripping the riser um is that the right word yeah uh gripping this gripping my bow period so this turkey literally gave you know showed me his back so I guess I'm wondering, like, to you guys listening to this, like, send me a message. Um, like I said earlier, shoot me a DM on Instagram at Urban Archery NYC or shoot me an email, UrbanArcheryNYC at gmail.com. And let me know, is that something? Like, whether you're, you're shotgun hunting turkey or you're bow hunting turkey, have you ever heard or have you yourselves ever really, like, if you get the opportunity and you think you have the element of surprise at your advantage, would you get up? And run after the turkey to get your shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, get up, jog a few steps, and then take your shot. You know what I'm saying? Because I think I could have gotten up. And again, it, it's been uh, a week now, almost a week now. And I keep playing that in my head over and over again. Like, did I make the right move and just sit and stay? You know? And, um... And try to just keep calling him in. Or at that moment when this Tom had his back to me, could I have gotten up and jogged, you know, sprinted five or ten yards and, you know, kind of closing the gap between us and gotten a shot off? You know what I'm saying? Or like, I don't know if if I would have done because what in my head, the reason why I didn't do that was I felt like if I would have, I would have gotten up and run. Right. I would have spooked him and he would have either, I don't know if they run off or if they fly off. And because I couldn't see the other turkey, um, would I have then messed up my chances with that second turkey? Because remember, I couldn't see that one. So I keep playing that scenario over and over again in my head, wondering, um, should I have gotten up from my spot and try to close the gap a little bit and get a shot off? I don't know. You guys let me know um, if I did the right thing. So, um, so now after this this turkey had turned around he keeps you know fanning out his tail feathers and whatnot he disappears behind a tree but once he does this jake pops up and i'm like there you freaking go you know what i'm saying that's the other turkey that i had heard but didn't see now this jake comes out and now i can't see the tom anymore but both are still gobbling to me every time i hear the call every time i hit the call um this jake comes out and he's walking towards i shouldn't say towards my hen but where my my hen decoy was about 20 25 yards away from me this jake is on the other side of my hen decoy and i'm like there's no way in hell he doesn't see it it's like an open space i'm like does he see me (laughs) you know what i'm saying um and he's passing about 20 yards on the other side of my hen decoy and he just keeps walking but he doesn't fan his feathers or anything like that he's just walking by walking by walking by so i watch him and i hit the calls every a couple of minutes every like 10 15 minutes he gobbles the tom's still gobbling um but i watch the jake walk off towards that residential property i was telling you about heading into somebody's backyard right and then the tom his gobbles are getting further and further away further and further away and i'm like damn but the lesson i learned from the previous day was be patient because they could double back so i stay there for 
hours. And I'm hitting the call. I'm getting gobbles, hitting the call, getting gobbles. It's to the point where I'm pretty sure now they're on the other side of the residential property. Like they're on the other side of the houses in somebody else's yard. Like that's how far away I heard them gobbling. But I still hung out. I waited. I waited. I waited. Heard nothing at some point. But I stayed there a lot longer than I did the day before. And um, finally, uh, you know what? Uh, hunting hours ended at 12 noon that day, maybe about 10, 10 o'clock, 1030. After being in my uh, spot for so many hours, I decided to, you know what? Probably before 10, I want to say, I decided to go ahead and check out another property just to give it a shot, see if I'd come across some some uh, turkey and whatnot. I went over to this other property um, and uh, didn't hear anything. Um, stayed there for about an hour, came back to Turkey Mountain. Um, once I got back to Turkey Mountain, though, the wind was kicking up. And, um, you know, I switched over to my glass surface uh, pot call, but I was hearing nothing. I heard no gobbles whatsoever. Um, I don't know if it's because they weren't in the area or if it's because of the wind. But um, for the most part, I, I pretty much just wrapped my day up on, you know, on Turkey Mountain and just hung out there. Now, more of the story is my lessons learned. All right. Just for, you know, you know, rounding this this episode out, um, you know, um, I was nervous about, like I said, taking Shaq out on day one on open that which happened to be opening day um it ended up being a cool experience because i ended up you know bringing somebody out and give gave them the opportunity to hear turkey's gobble something that they had never heard before um i got the opportunity to link up with anthony again and this time while i didn't necessarily feel like his equal in terms of hunting experience i felt like um I contributed a lot more to our hunting party than I did last year. Um, I felt like I was a hunting partner, as in in that in that setting, as opposed to as opposed to just being, as opposed to it just being a mentor and mentee uh, relationship during that hunting experience, you know. And it was pretty cool because it was about whoever was going to get had the best ethical shot they were going to take it and then finally on those two days that i hunted on my own um while i didn't kill a turkey i still felt good because i learned a lot about the property that i was hunting you know what i'm saying i was gathering information for the the coming deer season you know what i'm not saying this fall and I sure as hell know that all the practice that I did, all the stupid, well, I'm not going to call them stupid, but all the um, the kind of turkey calling competitions I entered on Instagram and stuff like that, that forced me to practice my turkey calling paid off because I could have been such a, a shitty turkey caller that the turkeys would have been like, I ain't responding to that. Like, that don't sound like a turkey. That don't sound like a hen. You know what I'm saying? But I was proficient enough to be able to get the turkeys to gobble back. Um, I was proficient enough a hunter that I was able to position myself um, without having roosted birds um, any days prior. That I was proficient enough to end up under roosted birds each of the four days. Well, no, the three days that I hunted by myself or that was me taking the, you know, the one day I took Shaq out and the two days on my own. I was proficient enough to head out on my own and end up under roosted birds each day, you know, using the information that I was taught. At the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Um, while I didn't kill anything, I'm damn proud of myself. So if you um, ever find yourself in a situation like that, celebrate the positives. Because this is a huge, not huge, this is a long, long journey. Um, or better, you know what, you know what, I'm going to end it with this quote. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You know what I'm saying? So soak it all up.
All right, so if you stuck it out with me this long, I got to say thank you because this is probably one of the longest episodes I've recorded where it's just me talking. Um, so again, if you stuck it out with me this long, I truly appreciate it. All right. Um, I enjoyed uh, recounting my uh, turkey hunting season with you guys, my spring turkey hunting season with you guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, hopefully I imparted some kind of wisdom if you're a newer hunter. Um, so that's that's pretty much it, y'all. All right. So um, listen, if you are first time listener, listen, thanks for taking a chance and listening to this episode, listening to this podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you are a subscriber, a regular listener, hey, I truly appreciate you as well. Um, you guys, if you get the opportunity, head over to the review section of whatever platform you're using to to listen to this podcast. Hook me up with a five star rating. And if you really enjoy the podcast, um, a written review would be awesome. I truly appreciate it. All right. So until next episode, you guys stay blessed and remember to respect the journey even when it's not your own.